Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Here's the thing is, we talked about just the, the position players right now, how tough it is to, to like find a, a space for someone to play. Dude, I don't know how you're cutting down the pitching staff. I don't know how you're cutting it down to, to, to 12. Right. So let's figure this one out. Yeah, I wish it was 12. It's going to be 13, though. I'm sorry. I'm I'm bitter about that whole thing. I just don't think you need 13 pitchers. You got five started. You need eight guys out of your bullpen. Do you really? And I know for anyone listening saying, come on, Evan, you're being a hypocrite. You talked about maintenance days. You talked about not pushing these guys too far. I stand by that. I still don't think you need eight relievers. I really don't. I, I don't think you need eight relievers. You also have to be careful. I know that Guys have options that you can waste in a given season. They've got kind of five options before they're exposed to waivers. But even then, I just don't think it's necessary. I don't think you need that many arms. And if you do need an arm for a short period of time, you can carry a 13th pitcher. I just don't think you need to do it on any kind of consistent basis. But let's frame that argument. As you bring it up, Pete, how are we finding the arms in the bullpen? So, by the way, my official prediction is Tim LaCastro. Your official prediction is just Darren Ruff's making the team. I hate that, but yes. Yes. <laughs> and obviously, guy gets hurt on the IL, changes everything. I understand. Escobar's on the IL. Brett Beatty's making the team. You know, it, is, it is what it is. So we got the five starters. Very, very easy. Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Kodai Senga, Carlos Carrasco, Jose Quintana. We got our five starters. We have five bullpen arms that are, to me, mortal locks. Edwin Diaz, David Robertson, Brooks Raleigh, Adam Adovino, Drew Smith. Of all of those guys I just mentioned, by the way, none of them can even be sent down to the minors. 
except for Drew Smith. He still has options, but he's not going to be sent down to the minors. You know, barring, nah, nah, really barring anything. I guess he would have to throw basically batting practice in spring training for the Mets to say, okay, he sucks. Let's send him down. He needs more seasoning. But those five guys essentially, barring injury, are the locks to make the team. Now, keep this in mind. Only one lefty. And they're clearly not adding Zach Britton. It doesn't seem like they're interested in doing that because they don't want to have too many guys that are guaranteed spots. Like if they gave Zach Britton a major league contract, there'd be six spots that are locked in instead of five. So you got five spots. That leaves three openings. Now, in my opinion, one of those openings needs to go to a long reliever. Now, who fits the long reliever category? David Peterson does. I don't think he'll be a long reliever out of the gate. I think he definitely goes to AAA and is ready to go. First time the Mets need a spot starter, which could happen right away. Who knows? I mean, you never know with injuries. Uh, Tyler McGill, I think Tyler McGill is going to be a starter again. I know we saw some glimpses of him in short relief. I think you they're going to stretch him out again, use him as a starter, which means he's at AAA. So now you've got, I'd say you got, I don't know if I want to include John Curtis as a long reliever. He's the guy coming off the Tommy John. So the real long, long relievers are Elisa Hernandez, who they got from the Marlins, Jose Buto, who we'll all get to see Saturday night. He's pitching in the first home spring training game. I I don't know how many, how much of us are going to see that. I mean, I'm going to be geeky enough to watch out how many people are. And then uh, Hoff's boy, Joey Lucchese. I think they all fit that long relief category doesn't mean they have to carry a long reliever but they certainly fit that here are the other candidates for the final three spots you got steven negosic who's out of options so i think right off the top he's got a little bit of a leg up because if he doesn't make the team he's placed on waivers and maybe he's claimed by somebody else you've got bryce montes de oka who we saw a little bit last year you got steven writings who i'm a huge fan of why because he's got red hair and he throws the ball freaking hard Okay, we got Zach Green, who's got the leg up. He's the rule five pick from the New York Yankees. We got John Curtis, who we mentioned, and we got Jeff Brigham, who they brought in from Miami. I'm going to go. So I think Nagosik doesn't make the team. I'm going to start there. Despite being out of options, that doesn't make someone a lock to make the team. So I think he's exposed to waivers. We see what happens. My final three spots will go to. Are you ready? Zach Green, Rule 5 pick, New York Yankees. I think he'll look impressive enough in camp for the Mets to say, we can't make the Darren O'Day mistake again. That was a long time ago, but Darren O'Day was a Rule 5 pick of the New York Mets. I think he pitched one scoreless inning, and then they, I forget who needed to be activated. Somebody really crappy needed to be activated. And so they had to offer him back to his team. And Darren O'Day went on and had a really successful bullpen career. Uh, I even complimented Darren earlier this year when he announced his retirement. I said, there goes the guy with the lowest ERA in the history of the New York Mets. 0.00. So I think Zach Green makes the team. I think Jeff Brigham's going to make the team from Miami. And believe it or not, the other guy from Miami, Elisar Hernandez. I think he ends up being the long guy. I think Zach Green makes the team. I think Jeff Brigham makes the team. Now, this is a pure guess because I think a lot of these spots are going to come down to how guys look in spring training. And that's a pure prediction because 
Let's see how they pitch. Jeff Brigham allows eight runs in his first inning. Maybe that'll hurt him a little bit. We'll see. I do think that I, I am most intrigued by Ridings. Ridings barely pitched for the Yankees last year. He was picked up off by, by waivers, but big man, throws hard, nasty stuff. I bet you he ends up going down to AAA and they season him a little bit. All these guys I mentioned, though, we're probably going to see at some point. Like, that's just the way it works. The shuttle will certainly be in play. But my three relievers to join the five of Diaz, Robertson, Raleigh, Smith, and Adovino, I'm going with Zach Green, Jeff Brigham, Eliasar Hernandez. And yes, please email with the correct pronunciation of Eliasar Hernandez. Eliasar? Eliasar? I don't know. All I know is he sucked last year with the Marlins, and now he's on our team. So those are my relievers. Hoff, where you at? All right, so I don't want to be redundant, but I think you're you nailed it with Zach Green. They're they're going to keep him around just for as long as they can. Hopefully, he performs well. I do like Jeff Brigham. I think there's a reason why they brought him over. However, the third reliever, it's weird because we both agree there's only going to be one lefty out of the bullpen. Yeah, am I, am I right? It's, it's there's amazing. no one else. Yeah, I think they've got T.J. McFarlane, who's a candidate, and I should mention him because he's a non-roster invitee and he's got a history with Buck. Tommy Hunter is a non-roster invitee. Like there are right. other options. I want to point out. I think the guys I mentioned are most forty-man roster guys, but T.J. McFarlane is another lefty with a possibility, and, and these guys have histories with Buck, so they pitch reasonably well in spring training. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance they can certainly earn a spot as well. Stephen Ryan is interesting. He's six foot eight. He's a huge Big dude. Man. But the guy that I I think is going to have the most impact, and again, there's a little puff piece on him, John Curtis. I think he's the guy. He's the long reliever that you're looking for. That's the guy right there. Uh, I think he, I know he he came off for what he's been away for two years basically for because Tommy John. But I mean, the last few seasons he was one of the more I won't don't want to call him elite, but he was up there as a a solid reliever coming out of the bullpen, I think he could really be somebody that the, the Mets can rely upon. The only reason I I didn't go with him, and I thought about him, and you're right, that 2020 year with Tampa Bay, he was unbelievable. He was one of those horses that um, uh, Kevin Cash referred to, is I wonder removed from pitching for a full season, and are they going to have him on a major league roster right out of the gate? I almost assume he'll be here. He'll get here eventually, but he may start off at AAA and then eventually work his way back to the majors, especially after missing a complete season. He was a a complete project one year ago. But look, that spot's interesting because I can make a case for all these guys. And even the guys I mentioned before, like TJ McFarlane and Tommy Hunter. Tommy Hunter is like a a blanket for Buck Showalter. He loves Tommy Hunter. He's like a big, cuddly teddy bear that he likes having on that roster. So. You can't rule guys like that out. And to me, that's where things are really interesting in spring training. Because as we talked about with the position players, other than someone blowing people away, like Vientos specifically, having a huge spring training, the spots are pretty set. You know, it's going to be very difficult to change things. Pitching-wise, you know, you got three open spots. And I know that's not may not seem like a lot, but three open spots where it could be anybody. So it's really just a wild guess on who's going to impress Billy Epler, Buck Showalter, and Jeremy Hefner enough. But going back to the position player thing, because I do think it's depressing, but it's just a fact. For anyone out there that wants Alvarez to make the team, and I think we all do to a degree, knowing the roster breakdown, how do you see that happening? Like, even in a world in which Darren Ruff is gone, right? 
They DFA Darren Ruff. And now that fourth spot is wide open for anybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You think they're going to have another catcher make the team? Like, the versatility is where? You're going to have three guys who literally can only play one position in Nito, Narvaez, and Alvarez. That's it. Catcher a DH. So for a team that likes defensive versatility, I just, I got a tough time seeing that happen. Now, if they were only going to carry 12 pitchers and there were five guys on the bench, I could make a much better case for it. But if they're only going to have four guys on the bench, I just have a really tough time seeing it, which also worries me, Pete. If that's how we're going to feel in April, and that's how we're looking at things on March 30th, when and how does it change barring injury? Barring a Tomas Needle gets hurt, which no one's rooting for, or Narvaez gets hurt, is there going to be a time this season where the Mets say, hey, Alvarez is ready. We're cool. We're going to DH him. We're going to catch him two times a week. Are they ever going to look at this roster and be comfortable with that? Because now all of a sudden, your bench features, let's face it, two guys. Because you got your two catchers, and then you got Guillaume and Tommy Pham. Like that's literally going to be your entire bench if you do come to this come to Jesus moment where Alvarez is on the roster. Yeah, unfortunately, they, they kind of put this in motion that once they extended Timo uh, Tomas Nito and signed Navarro's that Francisco Alvarez was not playing in 2023 for the New York Mets. I mean, they basically put that in motion. Be, right, as soon as those two moves happened, that was kind of it. Barring some sort of trade. And that's really what I think is going to happen. I think there is some sort of spring training trade that's going to happen with the Mets because there are a ton of names. I know you need depth. Don't get me wrong. I like the depth that they have. But there are a lot of players that are major leaguers. You look at you look at the – listen, the Stevens started pitching-wise. Go through all the people we talk about, the Tyler McGill's, the David Peterson's world. I'm not saying they're getting traded, but there's a lot of names there that could start for other rosters in the major leagues. Yeah. That part I may not disagree with you about. I guess I disagree more about the position player side of things. Like, I don't see any one of the guys we mentioned getting dealt. You know, other than Ruff, because I I stand by he's not going to be on the team. So, obviously, trading Darren Ruff or just sending him somewhere and paying his contract off or DFAing him, you know, that's certainly up in the air. But I don't see those other guys. Like, I don't think they're going to deal Escobar. I don't think they're going to deal Canna. I don't think they're going to deal any of the top prospects, obviously. Um, yeah, I, that I don't see. I really think, you know, cause I've been given a thought about Alvarez on, okay, what's the end game here for this season? Now, long-term, we know what the end game is. He's the catcher, right? But what about in 2023? I think at some point Epler would bite the bullet and call him up and have him DH. Like, I think if we're looking at a world where they're not getting production out of the right-handed side of the DH and even Vogelbach isn't producing from the left side and they're not getting the production out of DH that they need. I think at that point, 
that's where Alvarez Beatty eventually get the call. I think Beatty's road's a little different because if Escobar struggles like he did last year, it's easy. Call him up, and it could basically become a platoon. So I think Beatty's roadmap to the majors is twofold. I think he's got two ways to play, three ways to play. Canna really struggles, and Beatty could shift everyone over, as I mentioned last time. Escobar really struggles. Vogelbach really struggles. And all of that could lead to Beatty getting recalled in the chance to hit with Alvarez. A catcher gets hurt because forget a catcher struggling. It doesn't matter. Like if Tomas Nito doesn't hit, well, they're not going to caught him, not sending him down. Like he's the catcher. He's a defensive catcher. Same thing with Narvaez. Like they're not getting rid of him. They just bought him. You know what I mean? So I think Alvarez's roadmap is going to be, they get so little production out of DH. Epler bites the bullet and says, you know what? F it. Let's call him up. He's going to DH a bunch of days and we'll still let him catch once or twice a week. I think that's the roadmap for Alvarez if there even is one for this season. Well, right. And here's the other thing, too, you got to remember just because, you know, we're saying Navarro's and, and Nito as the catchers, I mean, if one of them does get hurt, because we saw McCann's injury last year, whatever, there's still Michael Perez, right? Is he still in? in he's an insurance position? policy. Yes. Yeah. He's going to get called up first. We know that. So it, that's really the only option is 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 for DH for Alvarez, and it sucks because it's the back and forth of do you risk bringing up Alvarez and stunt his growth as a catcher by keep just making him a, a DH? That's that's the debate. Yeah, no, I get you. I, I think for any Med fan who is rooting for a different right-handed DH besides Darren Ruff. The man you've got to root for over the next month is Mark Fientos. I think he is the road to Darren Ruff being gone. I think he needs a huge spring training, not only for himself, because it creates an opportunity, but that's kind of the combination of things you need to end Darren Ruff's time with the New York Mets. To have a young player who's basically Darren Ruff, right? Mark Fientos is a right hand. I mean, he's Darren Ruff. He's a Darren Ruff who's a decade younger, essentially. And they don't trust him in the outfield. That's the only difference. They trust Ruff in the outfield. They don't trust Vientos in the outfield. You need him to have a big camp and eventually kind of take that mantle as the right-handed DH. But it's sort of crazy that there are not a lot of jobs on the line. You know, we went through it. I mean, there's no starting job on the line. You know, Eduardo Escobar is the third baseman. Any idea that there's a battle for third base? There's not a battle for third base. He's the third baseman. Mark Cannon is the left fielder. Uh, Marte's hurt and isn't ready. Okay. There's a battle for at-bats, but is there really Tommy Pham will play Luis Guillerme would play and McNeil would play the outfield. Like there isn't. So they don't have a battle position player wise for any starting job. The rotation is completely set again. I knock on wood barring any kind of injury. So the really the lesson here from today's Rico Bronia, three relief pitcher spots, one bench spot. Unless you think Darren Ruff's making the team, then zero bench spots. Then the roster's already set. So I think our only difference is you say Ruff makes the team. I say Tim LaCastro surprises and makes the team. And pitching-wise, essentially we have the same guys, except I'm going LSR Hernandez and you're going John, John Curtis. Curtis. There you go. That's All correct. Right, so we'll, we'll see how accurate we are. There is baseball this weekend. The Mets are actually going to play spring training games, and they sort of announced the rotation. It's it's a little disappointing because I think the hope was on Saturday night with the first spring training game, we would see Verlander or Scherzer. We're going to see Jose Buto. We're going to see Denny Reyes, 
start the first split squad game against the Astros. If I'm not mistaken, that game is not on SNY, but I think it's on the Astro telecast. So what we need is Rob Manfred to eliminate the blackouts. And then all you got to do is get the MLB package and you can see the Astro version. Uh, but in all seriousness, we do have the Saturday night game. And then Scherzer is going to pitch the Sunday game against the Nationals. On Monday, David Peterson. And on Tuesday, Jose Quintana. So that's your rotation for the first week. Two spring training games on Saturday, one on Sunday. On the next Rico that will record Sunday night, we'll have some fun with those first three games. Obviously, we're not going to go nuts about it, but we'll talk about what we saw. There was baseball. And maybe more important than, you know, Max Scherzer's two innings or Jose Buto's three innings or whatever else happens is getting to see the pitch clock and getting to see the bigger bases and getting to see baseball without the shift. So we'll give you a little a little mini spring training reaction to the first couple of days, and then about halfway through the podcast, we'll be bored with spring training. That's essentially what's going to happen. We'll talk about the game, and then halfway through, in the midst of my excitement, you're going to hear this. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm bored. When is it over? But isn't that the story of spring training? So get set, get your popcorn ready. We got baseball games this weekend, and we will react to it on the very next edition of Rico Brilliant. We appreciate you listening. You can obviously email the pod at the RicoB at gmail.com. You could tweet at Pete Hoffman. You could tweet at me and uh, all have fun together because that's all it is. We're just a bunch of Met fans living in the world. That's all we are. We're all brothers and sisters. We should not hate each other. We should not call each other's names because we're all here for the same reason. The dream of seeing the New York Mets win a World Series. Amen. You can check me out with Craig, 2 o'clock on the fan, Pete with Tiki and Tierney at 10 a.m. Thank you for taking time out of your day and downloading and then listening to Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. 